Love my Boyer's Coffee. I tell you about it each and every week. Boyer's Coffee continues to be the legendary Rocky Mountain Roaster. It began here in our great state in 1965. It's roasted daily and delivered fresh weekly to your local grocery store or it can be delivered right to your door as I do it. Boyer'sCoffee.com. Get online there. Get a ton of different products and have everything delivered right to your door very, very quickly. And as I said, they have many different flavors, many different products, so it's fun to uh, get online with them at BoyersCoffee.com and see exactly what's what. They always have promotions going, all kinds of deals going. And if you're ever up on the north side, make a way to their food truck because they have all kinds of promotions up there on Washington as well. I enjoyed it at the ballpark. They have been the uh, longtime partner of the Colorado Rockies as well. So make your way to Boyer's Coffee, whether you get it at the store or, as I do, online at boyerscoffee.com. You'll be pleased. You'll be thrilled that you have your Boyer's every morning. Hey, DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that's still in contention. Bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget... DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe and secure and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Here's what you do. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code GOODMANPODCAST when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Again, bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if they do, you'll claim $100 in free credit. Again, the promo code is Goodman Podcast. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast, Rockies infielder Brendan Rogers. For every guy that, that establishes themselves as a, as a big leaguer, there's a moment where they go, I know I belong. Yeah. Have you had that moment? Yeah, I, I think this year when, when I got the first homer out of the way and, and then started getting some consistent playing time. Subscribe to the Drew Goodman Podcast and leave a comment that helps other people find the show. This is the Drew Goodman Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Podcast number 103. Did you catch that performance the other night by Herman Marcus? Unbelievable. So close. So, so close. I think everybody was getting nervous. I talked to a, a good friend of mine, and they were aware of what was going on. And she was telling me, I, I couldn't watch. I just followed it online, and I was afraid to watch. She was afraid to jinx it. She was too nervous watching. I think a lot of you felt the same way uh, at home. You know, calling the game, people every once in a while will ask, well, you know, what's it like? Do you get nervous? It's all of a sudden one of those situations where you have heightened awareness and you're starting to really focus in. The beauty of broadcasting baseball is you can get off on, on tangents. It's impossible to to do 162 games and just go ball one, strike one, ball two, ground ball to short. I mean, you, you get into other topics. The The pace of the game lends itself to that. But when you have something special brewing, 
as it seems like every time Herman has taken the ball of late, something special's brewing. He had the perfect game for 17 outs in Seattle in his previous outing. And then he's getting three up and three down, and there was a you know walk in there and a hit batter, but he's rolling. And he's one of those guys, and he reminds me of Ubaldo in that 2010 season, where you can tell early on, especially with that great slider that he has, uh, that there's the potential that he could string together a bunch of outs and you're in the fifth or sixth inning. And he's done it a number of times now where the other team doesn't have a hit. So that's what evolves the other night. And and I I don't know if it gets nerve-wracking. You just, you're edgy for him. You want to see it happen so badly for him. And I'm going to fast forward to the eighth inning. When Trevor Story made that catch against Jacob Stallings, Jacob Stallings kind of reached down and poked a, you know, fairly well-hit line drive that was ticketed for left field. Story, who's about 6'2 and a half, and you know he's a phenomenal athlete, super strong. And he got off the ground. I mean, Michael Jordan, David Thompson going way back, they'd say, wow, he got up. I mean, he had to have been, you know... 38, 40 inches in the air to steal that hit from Jacob Stallings. And when he did, I think like all of you, you're thinking, you know what? It's destiny. He's going to get it done. There's always a couple of great plays in a game defensively when a guy throws a no-hitter. And you thought, okay, that's the second one. The first one was against Adam Frazier. Joshua Fuentes playing first base, diving stop to take a double away from him. On the very first sequence of the game, you're not even thinking no hitter there because not the first guy of the game, right? So when he was able to make that catch, talking about story, you're thinking it's destiny. And then obviously in the ninth inning, it's always, it always works this way, by the way. So Kuai Tom gets the base hit, clean hit, and, and that's how you want it to end. You don't want it to be a dribbler that turns into an infield hit. You want it to be clean if you're going to lose a no hitter. Kuai Tom had two hits in the month of June. He was hitting 131 on the season. It's never, you know, Adam Frazier who came in hitting 330 or Brian Reynolds who was hitting well over 300. It's always some obscure guy. It brought me back to when I was growing up and Tom Seaver, you know, I was a Met fan growing up and Tom Terrific, who I think 100 years from now will still be looked upon as the franchise and the greatest player in Mets history. He had a perfect game with one out in the ninth inning at Shea Stadium against the San Diego Padres and a journeyman by the name of Leron Lee. Leron Lee gets a base hit to break up the perfect game with a one out in the ninth inning. Never forget it. And uh, for Herman, who will have other opportunities, but he was oh so close, it was uh, Kuai Tom, native of Hawaii, who broke it up. And in this season of seven no-hitters as we tape this, which ties the Major League record, that for me would have been the best no-hitter. And I hope that it would have been celebrated as such because of where it took place. You throw a no-hitter, it's an incredible accomplishment. You throw one at Coors Field in the summer heat with that cavernous outfield? You kidding me? There's only been one. And that was remarkable, as you know, Hideo Nomo in 1996. It's impossible. I mean, it's the greatest 
offensive park in the modern era. It may not be the greatest home run park, contrary to what some people believe, but because of how big the outfield is, it is, as we all know, it's a tremendous offensive park. So that performance was was off the charts. And I have to tell you, you know, you root for everybody if you're if you're a Rockies fan, right? Anybody in purple. But Herman holds a special place for me, and I and I know sometimes maybe with the language barrier, though he speaks English and he, and he's done a great job in that regard. This is a really bright, really thoughtful, really warm, uh, really popular guy in that Rockies clubhouse, and you could tell by the reaction of his teammates how naturally well respected he is, but how much uh, they care for him, and that. Starting pitching group is a really close-knit little family of their own with Kyle Freeland, with Senzatella, with Gray. It's a close group. Chichi uh, Gonzalez in that group. Austin Gombers, the new kid in town, if you will. Um, so they, they were all thrilled for him. And there's going to be more opportunities because he's just so good. Over his last five home starts, 4-0. and with like an 0.39 earned run average at Coors Field for Herman Marcus, and this got me thinking today. I mentioned it on the on the broadcast on AT&T. There's no slam dunk All Star for the Rockies. You know, a couple weeks ago you'd say, "Man, I really like the chances of Ryan McMahon," and, and you know he, he still may be part of the festivities. Uh, he's cooled off. He uh, Maybe he's put pressure on himself. I think he probably has subconsciously thinking, man, I can be an all-star at Coors Field for the first time. He's got 16 home runs, 44 RBIs, but I think he's four for his last 32 at the plate. There, there's no one where you can, you know, as I like to say, slam the gavel down and say that guy's going to be an all-star. Maybe, though, with Her- what Herman has done lately, maybe it's Herman. Another guy I'd thrown in that grouping a couple of weeks ago was Austin Gomber, who had pitched so exceptionally well. But he's been on the injured list. He's on the fast track to come back, but he's still probably, you know, a week to 10 days away from returning. He's going to throw a bullpen, then go out on at least one rehab assignment. So maybe it is Herman Marcus, who is so well-respected in the National League and in particular among general managers, managers, coaches, players in the National League West, where they've been trying to hit him and play against him for a number of years now. So big tip of the cap to Herman. Uh, that was a blast. The other thing that came out of that game and and, and ultimately the, the series against Pittsburgh as the Rockies sweep the Pirates, how can they be so good at home a dozen games above 500, and so poor on the road, just six road wins. It's a natural question, and it's one that anybody that follows the Rockies has been trying to figure out over the last few weeks. The Rockies have won, I think it's 15 of their last 19 at Coors Field, and it's legit. It's not just, you can say, well, the Pirates aren't very good. Well, there's a lot of teams that aren't great, but the Rockies also in the last couple of weeks, have a, a sweep against the San Diego Padres. And again, last time I checked, the Padres are uber-talented and very, very good. So whoever rolls into town, they, they did well against a good Cincinnati team. Uh, they've played well against a, a good Milwaukee team at home. So this is not just beating up on teams that uh, have been struggling. I can't answer that question as to why 
they're so much better at home other than, you know, some obvious things. You're, you're more comfortable playing in your home ballpark, uh, all of the obvious ones. Uh, I'll, I'll take a stab at it, though, right now. This is not a big home run hitting team. At Coors Field, with the comfort level and the confidence they have, they're able to string together at bats. And so you have situations where it's a walk, a hit, another hit, ball in the gap, and all of a sudden two or three on the board. It's hard for that to be accomplished on the road. Number one, dealing with the change in in altitude and everything they've battled for a number of years. But they just don't get that three-run home run on the road, like an infield hit, a walk, and then boom, somebody hits a three-run homer, and you end up winning a ball game five to three on the road because you can reach that winning number, which, you know, you, you score five runs in a game, you're going to win far more th- than you lose. It's hard for the Rockies to get to that number on the road because they don't hit many home runs. And I think that's part of it, one of the differentials, home and road. Also, there is such a comfort level with that aforementioned rotation at Coors Field. The other team is kind of stymied by the rotation at Coors. The Rockies put together, you know, strong offensive numbers over the last month and a half at Coors Field. And that is as big a contributor as to why they're doing so well at home. And for whatever reason, out on the road, uh, they had not been good to recently. The starting rotation on that last road trip pitched really well. Unfortunately, they went one and four. I thought the approach at the plate was better. I thought there were opportunities to win. What hurt them on that last road trip is the bullpen, um, again, has, has struggled all year. They, they were certainly better at home in the uh, series against Pittsburgh, but at one point they'd given up runs in 11 straight games and uh, took an opportunity to have a winning road trip away with uh, with their struggles. You don't want to lay everything at the feet of, of one entity, but you know, the bullpen, as we know, not good a year ago and, and statistically not good this year. I mean, tremendously inconsistent. So that's my stab at trying to explain why they have six wins on the road and why they've become a good team legitimately. They're a top eight team for winning percentage-wise uh, at Coors Field this year. Um, as I said, though, I do think uh, I've seen signs of them getting better, some of that confidence offensively. Uh, putting together better at bats on the road, starting rotation better on the road, and hopefully that'll be borne out uh, moving forward. That they'll be better away from Coors Field. I mean, heck, it can't be much worse than six wins uh, as we embark on July. Another topic that I wanted to uh, touch on that is going to be discussed quite a bit over the next month with the impending trade deadline at the end of July. Who will be moved by the Rockies? And anytime we have this conversation, it begins with Trevor Story. I'm still unclear as to what the Rockies will do with Trevor Story. So much of it will be what is offered, how much competition is out there. I do believe, since he's going to be a free agent, and as much as I adore Trevor just like you, he's a great kid, he's been a great player, you know, he's starting to heat up. You gotta if he's gonna walk out the door. You got to get something for him. Even if you entertain thoughts of trying to offer him a deal as a free agent, why not? You know, you can take a stab at what the Yankees did. They traded Araldis Chapman and then they ultimately signed him back. Who knows once you hit free agency, but you got to get something. 
unless the Rockies believe they're better off just taking the supplemental draft pick. Um, but we'll see. There are other players, though, that are intriguing that I could very definitely see the Rockies move. We'll start at first base. C.J. Crone, who had another home run today. The Rockies were down 2-0 early. Crone hit a home run to make it 2-1. Then ultimately, the Rockies got going offensively. They win 6-2. C.J. Crone, for him, that was his sixth home run in the last 14 games. He has an OPS above 800. He has a good track record. He clearly is healthy. Last year, he was not. He's going to draw interest because there's so many teams that need offense. And there are teams out there that could use a first baseman, American League team's first baseman slash designated hitter. So C.J. Crone, you may be able to get, you know, uh, a couple of mid-level prospects back for him because the Rockies have to supplement their farm system, which, you know, a few years ago was in a really good place. And right now, uh, most of their prospects are very, very young. So there's not a, a, a large grouping of prospects that are on the cusp of impacting the major league roster. C.J. Crone, you may be able to bring, you know, a piece or two in the future. Uh, back for him. I would say the same thing for Michael Givens, who is probably not far from coming off uh, the injured list. Michael Givens is a proven setup guy. Uh, he, uh, for the most part, has thrown the ball well this year. Very good track record in Baltimore. So those are two names uh, to think about. And there's a third out there that you've read a lot about if you're a hardcore Rockies fan, that the Rockies potentially could move, should move, uh, whatever category you throw that in and whoever you listen to from a, a media perspective. And that is John Gray. And John threw the ball well today. He gave up two runs in the first on two hits, never gave up another hit after completing six innings. His previous start was five innings and 10 strikeouts. I mean, he was terrific against uh, Milwaukee. John just won his 50th game. John Gray has Excellent numbers at Coors Field. He's 31 and 15 all time at Coors Field. He also is a guy that I've gotten to know through the years, and I and I really like and admire. And he's grown up quite a bit. That's not to say he was when I say immature. He was, he was a young man. He was trying to figure out the big leagues, and um, he, he's a, such a likable guy that. He may be one of those unique fellows that doesn't necessarily have to get every dollar, doesn't necessarily as a pitcher want to run away from Coors Field because he's like Herman, he's like Kyle Freeland, he's like Senzatella, Gomber's become that guy. They like pitching at Coors Field. They really do. They think it's an advantage. They embrace the challenge, and they've had great success. In the case of John, actually slightly better at home. Then he's been on the road. And I could see John Gray saying, you know what? I don't have to make every dollar. I don't necessarily have to go to free agency. And I don't know what it would take, three years and $45 million. Something that that is affordable. And I could see the Rockies getting a deal done at some point or certainly keeping John and trying to get a deal done, even if it is in the offseason. And I could very much see Gray sticking around. And though we know the Rockies are not going to contend this year, and you say, well, they're, they're miles away. You look at some teams that were able to turn things around fairly quickly. You know, the Red Sox finished last one year and won a World Series 
when I say last, last in the AL East, and then won a World Series uh, the next year. You don't have to be bad necessarily for a sustained period. I always fall back on baseball symmetry. To win, you have to have baseball symmetry. In other words, you have to have you know, really good defense. You have to have certainly starting pitching. You have to have the pen work. You have to have a decent offense. And if they show up more often than not on the same day, you have a really good record at the end of 162. The Rockies have, I think, the best rotation they've ever had. They don't have a ton of depth, but they have an outstanding rotation. You know the names. We've been talking about them. So maybe if you can, even with Story, even if he's not part of the mix, if you can augment through free agency, through getting a couple of other bats, again, to augment some of the guys that are that are really emerging, like a, a Rymel Tapia, Brendan Rodgers has made significant strides, and you're going to hear from Brendan here in a, in a little bit, then just maybe you don't have to be a non-contending team for three or four years until you know, some of the younger prospects they have or acquire, you know, emerge at the big league level. It does not have to be, you know, a five-year plan necessarily because you have a rotation that is ready to win right now. So it'll be interesting to see how Billy Schmidt goes about his business as uh, right now the Rockies interim general manager. But those are some names uh, to think about. Um, whether or not they're moved, and if they are, what comes back, and who is not moved. And that's why I kind of put a circle around John Gray, where, you know, not necessarily. He could be that guy that that, uh, they make a hard run at re-signing and may very well want to come back, just knowing the way John uh, is wired. Time to move to our Ideal Home Loans interview of the week. I was really excited to, you know, we were talking about getting back on the field from a broadcaster standpoint and being able to, you know, see guys again and interact with guys on, on a regular basis and, and in some cases say hello for the first time, as crazy as, as that is, because it's such a staple of, of what we do normally in non-COVID times. But it was great to, to hook up with Brendan Rogers and, uh, and get to know him a little bit better. I'd only had a couple conversations, and most of them were brief uh, in the years past. But this is a thoughtful young man, uh, kind of soft-spoken young man, who's uber-talented and is starting to feel more and more comfortable every day. I think you'll enjoy our sit-down. It is our Ideal Home Loans Interview of the Week, the Rockies' middle infielder and longtime top prospect, Brendan Rogers. All right, man, I want to take you all the way back. Not that long ago, because you're young. But growing up in Florida, was baseball always your focus? Were you one of those kids that played everything? I was a good athlete. Yeah, so first sport, family sport, would be soccer. Um, we, I started playing soccer pretty much since I could walk, honestly. And I played soccer up until I was about, I don't even want to say I got to 10 years old. And then um, baseball and football were kind of, the two other main ones that I, I focused on um, in elementary and middle school. And then after middle school, baseball, I kind of, my dad said it's kind of time to focus on one, and, and baseball it was. And I was, I'm the first uh, family member in my entire family, both sides, to play baseball. Um, yeah, so, I mean, soccer was my first love for sure. I, I love playing soccer. 
both my brothers played, my dad played, uncles, cousins, everyone. So it was kind of hard to give up. I was so young, though, I didn't really know. I, I just wanted to play what, what I was the best at, and I thought baseball, I, I, that was what I was the best at. Were you identified pretty early on? I mean, was it pretty clear, like, you were better than the other kids at, at 12, or, or was it a little later? Um, you know, I, I did play up quite a bit growing up, like, in the travel ball and the AAU stuff. Um, I was fortunate enough to have some some luck, some great coaches early on, as Dante Bichette and when he was done with his career, and uh, Tom Gordon. I played with the Flash Gordon. The, the Florida Flash was... Uh, his team back um, 12U, 12 through 14 U. I pretty much played with Tom Gordon and, and Nick and, and all those guys. And so yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty fortunate to be around a, a solid group of guys. And, and they always kind of told my dad what you're trying, what you're asking. Just kind of like they they saw what what my dad saw in me and stuff and other people. And, and they kind of just kept pushing me to you know be as, as good as I could at, at baseball. And that's that was my main focus overall after that. Do you remember a piece of advice you got from uh, Dante and and Flash? Because obviously Flash was a pitcher. He, he spawned some guys who could play position baseball. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, they they both they didn't plan this, I don't think, but they both did tell me one thing that I, I pretty much will never forget, especially kind of going through the the draft process and. And, and being at, being drafted out of high school and stuff, they pretty much told me you never you never know who's watching, so always kind of play like it's your last game, you know. And that kind of you know hit me hit me pretty good, you know. And just knowing like not taking anything for granted. There's a lot of guys working just as hard as me and that are in college and maybe not get the opportunity that I got. And I mean, ever since then, that's kind of how I've looked went about it um you know play the perfect play every game like it's your last and that's kind of how i've pretty much went about it and especially going through the big league process and going through adversity and struggling and stuff i kind of you know go back and think about little things like that here and there um to kind of just calm me down and, and just remember that it is a game um and try not to make it too much of a job but have fun while you're doing it always you know in, in high school all of a sudden the draft rolls around and you're talked about not as hey he's a draftable guy but now you're talking about the top of the first round i mean at what point did someone say this is where you could fall and now you're meeting at home with with different teams and and you have to you know talk to your family about okay what's our what what financially is going to make me decide to to go professional but where were you going to go to school florida florida state State. State. okay you're going to be seminal so yeah i committed there sophomore year um but i mean i love when i went on my i only went on a few officials i went to florida ucf and florida state and florida state was my last one and i fell in love you know committed pretty early and was all about you know going um going there and you know junior year came around had a really good summer and travel ball and then as well as a good high school year the junior in high school was my probably my best year better than my senior year for sure but um you know I would say those those AAU summers the travel ball summers are are, kind of when I got noticed a little bit more and and kind of had the feeling that I was hopefully going to be drafted 
not not knowing when or where until I would say the beginning of like my senior going into my senior year I kind of had an idea my agent at the time or still is my agent to the day um, but he would always just kind of say top 10 you know and not just just not trying to be too confident you never you never know injuries you never know with MRIs you know, a lot of things can happen going through the draft process and uh, I just I felt like I was mature learning the game and, and getting more mature as just being around like all the scouts and stuff and I kind of learned um, just going through the going through the process and just having guys like Tom and, and Dee and Bo Bo even was about a year younger going, about to go through the process and I think it, it just was I was very fortunate just to be around the guys I was like I mean just being around Tom and you meet other guys you know I like Veritech and I, I've just met I've met so many so many guys that I've would have never thought about meeting and getting little advice from and um especially like Derek Jeter before uh going through the draft we had we ended up we were in the same agency so that was a pretty big reason you know kind of why you know I wanted to be with these guys and show like what kind of people they're into and stuff like that and <clears throat> I got some helpful tips and, and little little things like um from Jeter when I when I was kind of coming up through the process and uh I mean it's very similar stuff to kind of what Dante and, and Tom would feed off of um but I mean Derek Jeter you're, you're never really gonna forget kind of what what he what he has to tell you and uh, I was I still remember to this day. He was just I'm kind of like looking. He's look, look, looking down on me. I'm a young, young, skinny like high schooler, and talking to 40 year old veteran Derek Jeter. You know, getting little things. Just like he, he actually did say, you never know who's watching too. So like, I mean, a lot of people have come about that that same kind of quote, and I, I'll, I'll never forget little things like that. Especially you know. There's scouts in the stands when you're playing here, so you you, know, you never know who you're playing for. You never you never really know, so you just gotta give it your give it your all every night. We'll continue our conversation with Brendan Rogers in a moment, but first, this for Ideal Home Loans. Are you thinking about maybe remodeling? You know what? You can get money out of your house. Go call Ideal Home Loans at 303-867-7000, and they're going to tell you exactly how much you can get out and how easy, perhaps, you can make it so you can flip that house around, remodel, whichever you've been dreaming about doing, whether it's a new kitchen or doing something in your master bedroom. Hey, if you're thinking of refinancing, now's the time. Give them a shout, 303-867-7000. Don't wait for uh, interest rates to drop lower. Take advantage right now. And it's a Still a terrific time. They're going to turn it around very quickly in a professional manner. That's why they have so many people that have gone back to them for years and years. Brent Ivinson's team began doing business with all of you 20 years ago, and it's a great success story. It's a great Colorado success story. So give them a call, as I've done on several occasions, 303-867-7000. It's Ideal Home Loans. Whether you're refinancing, you've just purchased a home, or maybe you're thinking about remodeling. They're the place to go. Now back to more with Brendan Rogers. Who helped you or what advice helped you when you talk about, you know, Dante and, and Derek Jeter and, you know, Veritech and, and Flash Gordon and, and D was older? Mm -hmm. uh, 
was there anybody, is there anybody, even now, that you can lean on? And Because I always try to point out upstairs how difficult this game is. And it doesn't matter if you're as gifted as you are, and it doesn't matter about money. It has nothing to do with that. There's pressure. There's performance. Where, where do you turn to, you know, especially even like, you know, you've dealt with some injuries and, and, and you hadn't performed like you yeah, were capable of sure. until recently. Where, where did you turn? You know, it's a good question. Um, I, I trained uh, in the minor leagues a few off seasons with Brad Miller, who who's also a Florida, Florida boy, Orlando guy, went to Olympia with Nick Gordon and, and D and all those guys. And he kind of went, he was a, he was a high, high draft, you know, prospect going when he was going up through the minors and stuff he's a little older than me but when we worked out together you know he he just kind of praised to me like how much taking care of your body is and playing 162 games and, and all the all the other things that go in the season with the travel east time zones all that sort of thing and he said it's it's just as much as a grind as it is the minor leagues but everything's just a little bit nicer so he said and like when you get to the big leagues so Brad, I mean, I still talk to Brad. Um, Schwarber, we have same agency, kind of just pick off him a little bit. And of course, he's going off right now. So it's. I was going to say, call, like, call him I up know, right I mean, now. Exactly. I need to hit him up for some, some tips. What's what's going through your mind right now? But, but uh, yeah, um, I still talk to Brad. Like, I mean, it's. I kind of just not when I'm ever whenever I'm feeling down. Just kind of like when I when I'm feel like I'm close to getting like especially in the box like I feel like right now especially like I feel like I'm one little tweak away from like going from getting to where I want to be you know and uh, I just gotta you know keep putting together solid at bats believing in believing in myself first off and uh, just keep putting putting quality at bats together and I think things are gonna start turning this isn't a loaded question I think based on our mm-hmm. what we're chatting about you'll understand it because for every guy that that establishes themselves as a as a big leaguer and has a as a career as a big leaguer, there's a moment where they go, "I know I belong." Yeah. Have you had that moment? Yeah, I, I think this year when when I got the first homer out of the way and, and then started getting some consistent playing time and and sorry playing every day, just like I just feel I feel confident in myself and like them, the coaches and the staff, everyone believing in you, putting you out there every night. Whether it's five straight days in a row, or or they look, they're watching you, maybe it looks like you need a day. Like I feel like they're they've been pretty good with that, and uh, I mean I feel it's, it's a lot of confidence. It's a lot of believing in myself, knowing that what the pitcher has is not going to beat what I have prepared myself for in the cage and, and little things like that. I just I go about my routine pretty pretty strictly. And um, I know before I get step in the box for that game that night, I know what the pitcher is going to have for me, what he's going to try to do to me, you know, and I just kind of take all those little things into, into account. You look like the weight of the world. I'm being a little dramatic, but it, when, when, you, when you squared that ball up, because, yeah. I mean, you have pop and, uh-huh. and you, you hit a lot of professional homers when you, when you got that first one out of the way. It, it did feel, at least from afar, yeah that the weight of the world was released a little bit did it did it feel that way absolutely yeah I, I told a lot of people it was a huge huge weight lifted off my shoulders just going through like a lot just a lot of injuries you know like even the minor injuries you know they wear on you the the tweaks of the hips and the hamstrings and the shoulder all that all that stuff kind of adds up so I you know I, I try not to 
like make excuses for that. Like I know the my biggest thing in the off season and during the season is my health and what I put into my body and what what I need to do every day to be prepared. And and I've I've kind of learned each year by year, even day by day, just just kind of what it takes to be healthy. And and you know some days you don't you don't need to take 30, 40 ground balls. You know your legs are tired, your arms whatever sore, and less is more sometimes. Like I on my lizard skin bat tapes I have less is more and that's kind of like a little motto I've always lived by not with everything of course just like it kind of just makes me in the box loosen up relax because it's right there I can just read it off my bat and I think that's helped a lot a lot of people have told me less is more you know and I've kind of each each time I hear it I kind of understand it a little bit more um because I do tend to add pressure and try to hit try to hit home runs and stuff like all the little like everyone does and I really I really want to focus on just taking all the pressure off me let the pitcher supply the power and just take take good solid swings I mean I've been lining out to center a few a few times lining out to right field like I'll take that all day over over a you know a rollover to the six hole or whatever it is but just as long as I'm sticking with my plan and my approach and I'm going to be, I think I'm going to be pretty, pretty solid. More with Drew and Rockies infielder Brendan Rogers right after this message. Hey, we're in the middle of the summer. Clean up your to-do list with Built in America Steel, S-T-I-H-L. Whether it's chainsaws, blowers, trimmers, or many other products, they have just the tools for you to get your job done and get it done well. They're available at your local steel dealer, S-T-I-H-L. There are over 10,000 dealers around the country, so there's one right around the corner. Real steel. And uh, when you go to the store, you can get electric, battery, or gas-powered. I like their electric uh, products. I love their battery products. I mostly have their battery products. Their batteries last forever, man. And uh, it just makes things easy. You grab it and you're out front and cleaning things up or you're in back and and getting things done. Go shop at Steel. Go online. You're going to love their products. There are so many of them. Again, it is steeldealers.com. S-T-I-H-L. And it's fun to work with their products. You'll be thrilled that you fill up your garage with all of their good stuff. I want to tell you once again about an outstanding family law firm that I could not recommend any higher. And we know that unfortunately divorces happen and people grow apart. It's a reality. It's a difficult time in life and a difficult process to navigate. You need understanding. You need compassion coupled with outstanding legal advice and counsel. And you'll find it at one of the top family law firms in the region in Cox, Baker, and Page. That's Cox, Baker, and Page. They've been celebrated and honored for their work and their compassion for a number of years by U.S. News and World Report and Laura Page. And Mary Cox are consistently listed by them with a best lawyer distinction. So if you or someone you know needs assistance, reach them at coxbakerandpage.com. Mention you heard it from me and receive a discount on your initial consultation. Once again, it's coxbakerandpage.com, a family law firm. Now back to Drew and Rockies infielder Brendan Rogers. Two things I mentioned uh, recently with, with Spilly and, and Healy upstairs, and one was really I thought was really impressive. You got inside 
uh, it was right on right. I think it was 96 or 97. You got and, and you got the barrel out and you stayed inside it because that ball it was yeah. you know it was coming it was running on you. And square I forget who it was against on the road in, in, in way out Seattle and um, that was impressive. And the other thing is for a young player, you're a young player, man. You got a couple hundred bats right in, in the big leagues. Is your your bat to ball skills in that your strikeout rate in this day and age where guys with pop are striking out 30 plus percent of the time you're striking out yeah. in the teens which is great yeah that's uh, yeah I, I i don't want to go up there not thinking like don't strike out but i i do i with two strikes i do choke up a little bit i do you know short my swing up short my little leg lift up i do i mean i, I use the field pretty well with two strikes and, and that's something i work on all off season and like the last thing i'm trying to do is battle battle the whole at bat two strikes you know foul off some pitches off and then hit a weak rounder to short but if i you know take that same at bat and line out to second or hit a ball in the gap and he make whatever he makes a good play like that's that's just those are all positives for me and that's kind of how i uh it's kind of how i just go about it like i i try not to think too mechanical like oh my swing was terrible today whatever i struck out twice whatever you know maybe he made some good pitches maybe some pitches were called strikes that were balls you know there's just so many things that go into it that that can wear you out and wear you down but it's it's like 80 percent mental this game and it's you really gotta you really gotta look past the little things sometimes and just kind of keep going about your daily your daily spiel and, and just keep keep attacking keep stay within yourself but be you you know just that's that's my main thing is be be yourself who up here has helped you be you because there are expectations that any player whether you were back when there were 40 rounds Mm -hmm. you were 35th rounder that you put pressure on yourself Mm -hmm. you obviously were one of the top picks and so everyone from the moment you arrived in uh you know your your first you know low a ball game or or short season game Mm -hmm. for you uh, there's pressure. Everybody knows there's there's a guy. Mm-hmm. And when you get here, there's probably some veterans. Go, all right, let me see what this kid's got. Yeah. And, and so you're. It's not just oh well that guy was called up and he's a you know veteran minor league guy and he's filling a spot for a couple mm-hmm. days. Yeah, I. I mean, Trevor's helped tremendously. Just even this year, like we've we've chatted you know here and there, the last couple spring trainings. But now you know I've kind of. I wouldn't say establish myself, but I'm getting to where I want to be in, in the big leagues and just with approach and like little drills and, and stuff that's helped him, you know, succeed over his short but very successful career so far. Um, I mean, it, it really pays off because I, I mean, I have a pretty good memory and I, people say little things that I, and I, I don't let them go. And, you know, McMahon too, McMahon's probably what almost a thousand at bats in the big leagues and i mean he he and i have kind of i feel like hit it off a little bit like he's he's opened up to me a little bit more because we never really played together at any level he was always a year or two uh ahead of me so but now like we're we're similar players like we have you know we both have pop we both can pick it um and i i just feel like the confidence part he he always he's always in the dugout after a line out or whatever he's always in my he's always the first one in my face you know saying good swing like stay right there you're gonna get this guy you know just little things like that that, that stuff helps like you don't you don't want to come back in the dugout and no one says anything and you're down on yourself thinking you know what did i do wrong you know and it's for sure good to have guys like that kind of pick you up and you know i'm trying to do that a little bit too with 
can't really say there's anyone younger than me, but like even guys that just have the similar amount of time, like I try to, I try to be the same player that you know, like you know, Story and, and Mac are kind of leading me into being. You could say. How comfortable <clears throat> are you on the right side now? love i love second base it's, <laughs> it's definitely uh, i would say a little easier than short it's not as much pressure but i mean just playing up the middle with trevor's is, is like it's an honor to be honest like the guy has had a really short career like four or five years but i mean he's done so much and such little time and he's all i think he's only going to get better and whatever happens to him happens to him but i'm i'll be very grateful for the time I had with him, for sure. Is that a strange aspect when, when you know, the, the business side where you go, okay, there's uncertainty whether the guy playing next to me is going to be here, or, you know, a few weeks from now, uh, down the road, and, and you guys are bonded already, yeah. and you look around and you go, shoot, that guy may be gone. Well, that guy's 10 years older than me. Yeah. That's, you know, 10 years older is a big difference for when sure. you're, you know, 24. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely try to get as much as I can out of him, um, but... You never know what's you never really know what's gonna happen. He's not in there talking about it, you know, like it kinda just happens one day and you know, and it happens. But I I think I think we've built a pretty good pretty good relationship. Um, I hit with him once this off season when I was visiting Texas. I got a lot out of it even in one hour session, you know. Uh I worked out with him a couple times and like you know, kinda got my butt kicked a little bit and I was like, you know what, this is kinda this is what it's gonna take, you know, to, to to be who I want to be, and seeing what what he does, you know, for his body and, and all the little things, just just paid off, and I think I'm just gonna take that into my own my own hands and, and do what I do what I can with it. Yeah, take weight off when you deadlift with him. Yeah, 600 pounds. I've I've seen him. He's one of the strongest humans I've ever witnessed. Like no question, no question. Deadlift, squats front squat you name it it's it's pretty impressive in spring training all right so last one it's only it's only been it's only been a short while but your favorite moment in the big leagues now it's gotta i mean it's gotta be that home run the my first homer at home especially you know it was pinch hit coming off the bench not really i was in there hitting the machine you know and that we see a lefty warming up and they told me maybe two or three minutes before that that I was I was probably going to be hitting and took some last last hacks in the cage felt really good off the machine and was telling TD actually to <clears throat> turn the spin up on it because I knew that this pitcher had some velo and some some carry on his ball so and I squared it up a few times got out of there and what do you know he threw me a first pitch pretty much right down the middle and I was all over it. Rogers hits it to deep center field. It's got some carry to it, and it is gone. That's his first. That's his first major league home run, and he hit it to dead central, off the bench, no less. From that point on, it was kind of like I need to be aggressive. I need to attack. Like, and that's kind of how I've been. I feel like the past month, just being me, staying within myself, putting putting good swings on the ball, but um, also putting together some pretty pretty quality at bats so far what'd you do with the baseball okay so we our next road trip was miami so i packed it up with me and my parents met me in miami and i handed it over so i didn't lose it (laughs) did anybody mess with you by the way uh no not really because it was kind of a big moment in the game not really i mean we were still down i think we were down one or two but we didn't uh we didn't celebrate 
my homer because we ended up losing that game. So after the game, me and Trejo got got beer showered. It was pretty cool. I share that moment with him because he hit one the night before we lost, and then I hit one the next night we lost, and then we won the day game. So it was it was kind of cool doing that together for sure. Yeah. You've been fun to watch, man. Yeah. I know there's going to be a lot more uh, special moments. Enjoy, man. Thanks for the time. Yeah, thank you. I think you'll agree with me that after listening to Brendan Rodgers and, and you feel like you get to know him a little bit better, he's a guy that you're really going to root for. Really likable guy. Um, I don't care where you're drafted. I don't care how much hype is around you because of where you're drafted and, and the bonus that you were paid. This kid was a high school kid. He was 18 years of age and he did very well for the most part in the minor leagues, and then he arrived in the big leagues, and he struggled, like so many players do, with the exception of just a, a handful, right? And now as he's starting to figure it out, and now as you watch him on a night-in, night-out basis, and he was on base four more times uh, today, and you're seeing more barrel, and you're seeing the ball driven out of the ballpark, you're saying, wait, th- this is a guy that that can reach the promise that so many people had for him and why he was selected third overall. And he's a guy that you're going to root for because you saw the likability factor uh, in that interview and um, how authentic he is, how candid he is. And, um, you know, he put himself out there instead of, you know, answers that, that you know, you've heard repeated so many times. You know, he, he admitted and I think revealed that you know, there were times where he battled confidence and and uh, battled uh, what so many in big leaguers do, especially initially in, you know, questioning yourself. And, and I think that um, that candidness and that uh, openness, um, as people get to know him, really, you'll you'll embrace him that much more. But he has a chance to be a really special player and just let it happen uh, organically. But it was great to sit down with Brendan. Uh, I know you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, reminder that uh, each week I join the the boys on the DNBR Rockies podcast, uh, Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman. We have a lot of fun each week breaking things down. We've been doing it more later in the week, but you can catch them on a day-in and day-out basis as they cover the Rockies uh, from the first pitch of the season through the offseason, and they do it on a daily basis. That's the DNBR Rockies podcast. Hope you enjoyed this edition, number 103. We'll be back at it next week. Stay safe, stay well, as we're just a couple of weeks away from the All-Star Game. It's going to be fun as well. Take care, folks. 